shepherds living out in the fields. They lived there with their sheep, spending another boring, mundane evening with their sheep. And so everybody involved in the first Christmas was going through a lot of stress. But that didn't stop it from happening. And friends, if you are experiencing stress right now at this Christmas season, difficult things, Christmas is here. It's going to happen. The truth of it does not change no matter what you're going through. So let's celebrate. Let's celebrate Jesus coming and the hope and the joy and the peace that he brings and has brought to many of our lives. There. How's that for ad-libbing until the platform is clear? On your study sheet, uh, up in the top right-hand corner, there is a statement, and this is actually a prediction that was made back in 1962. 1962. Uh, It was made by a physicist named John W. Mockley, and this is what he said. There is every reason to suppose that one day the average boy or girl will hold their own computer in their hand and be skilled in its use. Now, in 1962, I was in fourth grade, and I probably had never even heard of a computer. In 1962, one computer filled a whole room. And so when a guy makes a prediction like this, that one day children will hold a computer in their hand and be skilled in using it, that wouldn't have made sense. That would have seemed impossible. People would have said never could that happen. It happened, didn't it? Probably beyond what that physicist even thought. It happened in 61 years or less. The birth of Christ, the Messiah, and what he would be called was prophesied about or a little more than 700 years before happening. And it happened. The prophet said the Messiah would be born. The Messiah, the anointed one of God, being born. The prophecy said that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. Impossible. That was the prophecy. Born of a virgin. The prophecy said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Not Bethlehem. Little old Bethlehem. A king isn't born in Bethlehem. And there were many other prophecies about this coming Christ, this coming Messiah. And about 700 years later, they all came to pass. They were all fulfilled in Jesus. And he was called the very names, the very titles that the prophecy said. He was called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, 
Son of God and Emmanuel. And that's what we're going to look at today in our series on the names and the titles that Jesus was to be called. Emmanuel. Let's pray first. Father, we thank you for this season. Thank you for the joy of it, the hope, the peace. We who have experienced salvation through Jesus and what he did for us when he was here, we rejoice that he came. And Father, we ask that as we think of this Emmanuel message, what that word means and how it applied to Jesus, I just know, Lord, that someone here needs the encouragement, needs the reminder of the Emmanuel message and what it means. And Father, may your Spirit meet whatever needs we might have today that can be met through these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. Emmanuel, he would be called Emmanuel. We've been singing a lot of songs today about Emmanuel. It's made up of three little Hebrew words. The first part of Emmanuel simply means with. The middle part is the word for us. And the last part, El, is the word for God. Uh, We have... Elohim, we have El Shaddai, we have El Elyon, uh, a lot of names for God, all beginning with El, God, and then the next part of it describes the quality of His. Uh, Mighty power, provider, holy one, Uh, there are many names for God, but they all start with El, God. And so Emmanuel means with us, God, or as we read it, God with us. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. And it's really interesting. I think perhaps uh, the name Emmanuel may be the most common um, name for Jesus that you would find in Christmas songs. Now, I have nothing to base that on except it's my opinion, but it seems like if you think of all these uh, different names, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor, Son of God, uh, all of these that were given to Jesus referring to him, it seems like Emmanuel is the most used in Christmas music. So it's almost like it's, it's Jesus' main Christmas name, Emmanuel. Why? It only appears in Scripture three times. Twice in the Old Testament, once in the New. Emmanuel. Maybe it's so common in our music and celebration because of what it means. God with us. Jesus was God with us. Jesus was God come in human form to live among us. He was with us. He walked this earth for 33 years. 
God with us. Can I explain it in a detailed way? No. Do I believe it? Yes. Because Scripture teaches it. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. In Isaiah 7, if your Bibles are open to that, we find the prophet Isaiah presenting the message of Emmanuel. And let me take the time to show you the context of where Isaiah brings up this Emmanuel message. In Isaiah chapter 7, it says, When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, King Rezin of Aram, and Pekah, son of Ramalia, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. Now, what's so important about that? Well, it just sets the context for us of this Emmanuel message that will be presented by Isaiah. We have Ahaz, king of Judah, and we have two other kings from the north that have come down to Jerusalem against Judah. And they tried to overcome Jerusalem, but couldn't. And according to Second Kings and Second Chronicles, the historical part of this, they remained there laying siege around Jerusalem. They didn't leave. They couldn't overpower Jerusalem, but they laid siege around it. And that's why verse 2 says, Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken like the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Ahaz and his people in Jerusalem were afraid. These two armies were still there surrounding the city, laying siege. And so verse 3, the Lord says to Isaiah the prophet that he should take his son and go find Ahaz and give some encouragement to Ahaz about this situation. Verse 4 God says to Isaiah, say to him, be careful, keep calm, don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood. That's God calling these two armies smoldering stubs of firewood. He goes on to say that these armies have plotted Judah's ruin. Their plan is to tear Judah apart and rule over it themselves. Verse 7, yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. And he goes on to say those two armies will be shattered. They are not going to overcome Jerusalem. And at the end of verse 9, Isaiah says to the king, If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And so the message from Isaiah to the king was, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. They are not going to overcome you. And so, verse 10, again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. I think what he's saying is, 
Ask God for a sign that what I just told you is true. Those armies aren't going to overcome you. They will be destroyed. Verse 12, but Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. He says, no, I will not ask for a sign. Now, that sounds good on his part, doesn't it? But the truth is, he is saying that because he has already gotten hold of another nation to come and help him. The Assyrians. Instead of going to God, when surrounded, Ahaz has made a deal with another nation to come and help and protect. That's why he says, I'm not going to ask for a sign from you, God. And then Isaiah said in verse 13, Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, here it is, the Lord himself will give you a sign. If you're not going to ask for one, God just give it to you. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God with us. And he goes on to say, before that child can even know what right and wrong is, those two armies will be destroyed. And if you go into chapter 8, you find out what could possibly be the immediate fulfillment of that prophecy. To some point, Isaiah's wife has a baby. And before that baby is able to even speak, those two armies are destroyed. It's fulfilled. Proving what? Emmanuel. God is with us. Not the Assyrians. God is present with his people to protect them. There is, like in many cases of prophecy, an immediate fulfillment to a point, and then often there is a future fulfillment that is the ultimate fulfillment, and that's the case here. But for right now, just keep in mind the context of where that prophecy was stated, what was going on. Emmanuel, meaning God with us, was a truth all through the Old Testament of God's people. Um, I've got about three Old Testament passages there for you. You can read them yourself. But they're just a sampling <clears throat> of the times when God would remind his people in dire situations I am with you. I will be with you. I will protect you. I will help you. My presence will be there among you. And in all those cases, you could just as well say Emmanuel. Because the Emmanuel message 
was God is with us. And all through the Old Testament, that was the promise of God, that he would be with his people, Emmanuel. He would be the Emmanuel, God with them in every situation. But then we have the ultimate fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. And we find that out from Matthew. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. This is where, uh, in the Christmas story, the angel appears to Joseph. Joseph is under a lot of stress. Uh, He's found out that Mary is pregnant. Even he has accused her of immorality. And so he is trying to make plans to, as quietly as he can, uh, end his relationship and end the coming marriage. And the angel appears to him, as, as you recall. And uh, let's start in verse 20, Matthew 1:20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That's the true story. She wasn't immoral. This is the Holy Spirit's doing. This is a miracle. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. He's going to be the promised Savior. Name him Jesus. Verse 22, now Matthew, the writer, makes this comment. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And then he quotes, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's a quote from what prophet? Where? Isaiah, in Isaiah 7, 14. Isaiah's son that was born, a fulfillment immediately to a point. Ultimate fulfillment, Jesus. Call him Emmanuel, God with us. Now, Joseph, if he had been taught well, would know what Emmanuel meant. In fact, if he had been taught well, he would be familiar with Isaiah 7.14. Because the Jews believed that was a prophecy of this coming Messiah. And so when Joseph hears this, can you imagine... Mary is going to give birth to the Messiah, God with us. My Mary, in her, God with us, Emmanuel. That's even a bigger deal than in 61 years, kids are going to have a computer in their hands and be skilled at using them. This is amazing. 
And Joseph is finding out that Mary is going to give birth to Emmanuel. God with us. And last week we looked at a number of scriptures that reinforced that truth, that Jesus was God with us. God living among us for 33 years in human form. John 1. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the Word, the one and only Son, who is really God Himself, and all those other scriptures that you had on your study sheet last week that keep stating that Jesus was God. Jesus was God. Come here in the flesh. He was the ultimate fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. He will be called Emmanuel because he will be God with us for 33 years, the presence of God in human form among us. Emmanuel. But it doesn't stop there. The Emmanuel message doesn't stop with the birth of Jesus. Turn with me to Matthew 28. Last words of the book of Matthew. Now we see the words of Jesus himself. Right before Jesus leaves for heaven. Verse 18, Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, he, he's come to his uh, disciples. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Do you see the Emmanuel message in what Jesus says? He says, I am with you always. Who is Jesus? God in the flesh. God with us. And now he's saying to his disciples, I am with you always. You, you could say, Emmanuel, I am with you and will be always. But wait a minute. Jesus, how can you say that when in a few minutes you're going to leave? You're going to go back to heaven. And some of your last words are, I will be with you always. Doesn't make sense. Until we go back to something he said in the upper room prior to his death. John 14. John chapter 14. This was that special time in the upper room prior to Jesus' arrest and trial and crucifixion and all that followed. Notice what he said to his disciples there, starting in verse 15. John 14:15 If you love me keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you 
forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, the spirit of truth, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. Who's the spirit of truth? It's the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? God. So when Jesus says, before going to heaven, I will be with you forever. It's a reference back to this promise. The promised spirit. Who would be present in them. Permanently. Once he came into their lives, the Holy Spirit would be Emmanuel, God with us, to guide, to teach, to empower, to help the Holy Spirit who would come to live in every person who belonged to Jesus was actually, is actually, as we sit here, Emmanuel. God with us. If you know Jesus today, the Emmanuel message goes on in you. God is with you. His Holy Spirit lives in you. Emmanuel. His presence in us, Emmanuel, the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't stop there. The Emmanuel message goes on. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 21. Almost the very end of our scriptures. Revelation 21. John is wrapping up the visions that he saw of the future. And in Revelation 21, verse 1, he says that he saw a new heaven and a new earth. Then verse 2, he says he saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven to earth. And then he heard a voice. In verse 3. He says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. You could just as well say Emmanuel, because what does it mean? God with us. God himself will be with them and be their God. And he'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He will make everything new. The Emmanuel message will continue. God with us. But in eternity, it will be God himself on the new earth. Present with, among his people, Emmanuel, 
Isn't that a hallelujah thought? You see, in the Old Testament, God was with his people, Emmanuel. God was with them all along, his presence protecting them, watching over them. He was Emmanuel, God with them. And then Jesus came. And according to Scripture, he fulfilled the prophecy. He was Emmanuel, now living here with us in human form. He was God with us for 33 years. Then he went back and he sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, since then and right now, is Emmanuel. God with us, living in the people who follow Jesus. And one day, the people of God will live for eternity on a new earth. And God himself, John says, will be here with us, living among us. Emmanuel, God with us. You see, the Emmanuel message has gone on all through history. God with his people. Present with his people. What I want you to understand this morning is that the Emmanuel message is not just for Christmas. The only time we use the term Emmanuel is at Christmas. The only time we sing about Emmanuel is at Christmas. But friends, the Emmanuel message, the Emmanuel truth, God with us, is true all the time. Every day of the year. And right now, it's the presence of His Holy Spirit who is God in us, guiding us, protecting us, providing for us, teaching us, empowering us to live the Christian life, producing Christ-like character in us, the Holy Spirit, God in us. And one day, God Himself will come to a new earth and live among his people. Emmanuel. It's not just a Christmas message. The Emmanuel message. Maybe we should try something. And I know it would be very uncomfortable to start with. Maybe we should do Emmanuel talk all year long think? Maybe we should speak the name Emmanuel more often than Christmas. Maybe in July, Christians should be heard saying, Emmanuel, God is with us. When you're coming alongside a Christian friend who's going through a difficult time, 
and you want to give advice and encouragement, why not say, Emmanuel, God is with you. It would be difficult, uncomfortable to start with, because we're so used to Emmanuel plugging into Christmas. But maybe we should use that term more often because of its message. God is with us. If we belong to Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with us. And so, my dear friends who are followers of Christ, I want you to remember something and hear this, okay? When it seems like no one cares about you and you struggle with loneliness, Emmanuel, God is with you. When you are fearful of what is waiting for you at work or school tomorrow, and some of you are, Emmanuel. When you are the only one who chooses to do the right thing, and no one else supports you, in fact, they even make fun of you, Emmanuel. Remember that. When an illness or physical pain goes on and on, keeping you from things you love to do, Emmanuel. When someone you have trusted betrays you and no longer wants anything to do with you, Emmanuel. Remember that. When you lose your job and just can't seem to find another, Emmanuel. When you're really sad for days at a time and you don't even know why, Emmanuel. Remember that. When you're struggling with an important decision and the deadline is getting closer and closer, Emmanuel. When the temptations of the flesh, the world, the devil are more than you can handle on your own, remember, Emmanuel. When the many trials of life are piling up around you so you can't even sleep at night, and some of you didn't sleep last night because of the piles of trials you're experiencing right now, remember, Emmanuel. The Emmanuel message, God with us, has always been true. It was true throughout the Old Testament. God was always with his people. God was with them, Emmanuel. Jesus became the fulfillment. He, he came here and lived among us. He was God with us in human form. For 33 years. And now the Holy Spirit lives in his people. And he is Emmanuel, God with us. And one day, those of us who are followers of Christ will live for eternity on a new earth. And God himself will be here with us.
Emmanuel forever. God with us. And when God is with us, all is well. doesn't matter what's going on. When God is with us, all is well. All that matters is well. When God is with us. Emmanuel. Don't lock it up in the Christmas season. It's an amazing message that we need to keep remembering in every situation. Emmanuel. God is with us. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this so important truth. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming, being willing to humble yourself, to take on the form of a human being and be God with us. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your Holy Spirit, who now lives in those of us who know you, have trusted their life with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And thank you, Father, for the hope that we have as your people, that we will live in eternity with you yourself among us, with us, Emmanuel. Father, I pray that in every situation that people in this congregation find themselves in the next days and weeks and months, that we will remember, help us to remember Help us even to speak the word, Emmanuel. God is with us. And because he's with us, all is well. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.